Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. We continue the hospitality series on Heads Talk with my guest who has had over 20 years experience in the aviation business and now sits on the executive board of one of the biggest names in the industry. It's all about commercial airlines today at Heads Talk and we will gain valuable data about crisis management from my guest today. But before we get into that, here's a message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Axia. Axia is the leading private cloud platform in the Alessian and Matamos ecosystem, combining intelligent solutions with security and control. Axia's clients profit from digitalization and automation of critical business processes in a cloud and hybrid architecture. 150 staff provide migration, engineering, and support services to over 200 leading organizations in 32 countries. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle Schwitter. Tamir Gudazi Poor is the Senior Vice President Channel Manager for Lufthansa Group. He's also the Chief Operating Officer and a member of the board for Swiss International Airlines, with responsibilities for company sales, marketing, and product development. Up until December 2020, it overall charge of the revenue management and distribution core processes for all the hub airlines of the Lufthansa Group. Tamir has an impressive resume and has worked all over the globe in leading executive positions for Lufthansa Group Airlines to include Vice President of the Americas and Vice President Middle East, Africa and Southeast Europe. Let's find out what's going on in the airline industry in Europe and in particular Switzerland. What are the effects of COVID on the business told by someone in a leading position and on the ground. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Tamir to Head's Talk. Many thanks for being with us today. Yeah, good evening, Elaine. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Great. Um, as mentioned, we're going to talk about the effects of COVID on the industry, how the aviation industry has managed this crisis, where are you now, and some thoughts about the future, i.e. how the aviation sector will manage living with COVID and perhaps um, preparations for the next potential pan- pandemic. First, a quick question. How resilient has Swiss Airlines been during the pandemic? Well, I'm, I'm pleased to say that we have been remarkably resilient. And uh, right now we are not fighting for survival. We're actually fighting for our future. And that mm. means that we actually have crossed the path that uh, there was a moment indeed that we were not sure that we had enough liquidity. And we had to ask, actually, we were very thankful also to the Swiss government and the mm. banks that actually did give us the credit at that time that we were able to get the liquidity. And uh, that moment, thankfully, has passed. And now, as we see a recovery in the industry, we are much more hopeful that we can manage this crisis very well. And I Mm -hmm. think the future is bright. There is some light at the end of the tunnel. That's good. And I suppose, apart from the the banks and the governments that you mentioned, what enabled and allowed this resilience? Um, There are a couple of factors which are very important. Most important, I think, is the, the Swiss spirit and the team, the whole company all the staff i think they they pulled together and they showed an an extraordinary effort to really manage this crisis unprecedented in our industry it's like a black swan event something we've never seen neither in september 11 nor in the financial crisis it was extremely extremely a new situation for us and i think that's the second point of apart from the team we had acted Mm -hmm. very quickly very flexibly Mm -hmm. so you have to be very nimble and change course in a dramatic uh, sequence of events within days, within hours. I think that is also very important. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, of course, you have to have a plan to, to move forward. 
once you have actually scaled down your operations almost to nothing, to a few percentage of, of, uh, of, of uh, program that you're still flying, you mm -hmm. of course have to have a plan how do you endure the situation with cost cutting and how do you actually mm -hmm. make sure that your passengers feel confident and you give them the care and the confidence that they need in such a situation. So that is very important for crisis management. And then you have to have a plan, of course, looking forward. Um, how can you ramp up again? Uh, how will the crisis evolve, emerge? And there we have seen various different um, paths. Um, we have probably had expected it to come uh, back earlier, the business. But uh, in the end, um, I think I'm happy that we can say now for the next summer, we will probably reach around 50% of the capacity. And that means we have already uh, good hopes that things are turning now for good to the better. That's, that's good to hear. And, and presumably, as a result of the pandemic, there will be changes going forward, dis, uh, despite Swiss Airlines resilience. We know that, you know, Swiss Airlines is a premium carrier. It is world class. It's the flagship carrier of Switzerland. Will that prevail, the only sole high quality premium carrier brand? Or will there be introductions of new products and services which will broaden and potentially at the same time alter the position and perception of Swiss Airlines? Of course, when there are changes in the market, uh, we also have to change. So what we see definitely for the short term is that there are less business travelers and they're more leisure and visiting friends and relatives travelers. Mm -hmm. um, in the long, long term, we believe um, this will, of course, still be a growth industry. So and very important for us is that we as Swiss, we maintain our premium positioning. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of analysis and uh, evaluated the situation and we came to the conclusion that uh, there will be a market for our premium services that we have provided before the crisis. Of course, there will be some changes. There will be new developments. There will be uh, more need of the customer for well-being, for physical, financial, and also psychological well-being in forms of products that we will offer. So things will change, but for sure, um, we will maintain our premium positioning. And very important, we will, um, as a Swiss national carrier, we will stay here in the market and we will connect Switzerland with Europe and we will connect Switzerland with the world. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you've talked about the customer uh, well-being. So do you find that the customers are now requesting more quality and safety and prioritizing that rather than um, pre-COVID where they sort of look for low-cost cheap flights, you know, minimal fuss? Have they priorities sort of drastically changed as a result of the pandemic? And therefore, perhaps your marketing strategies and priorities have adapted to that, i.e. quality is back in fashion and on top of their list of requirements. Well, first of all, we have never done the race towards the bottom in terms of pricing, just cheap prices. We think that's economic, but also ecological nonsense. We have never done that. So Swiss was always uh, a premium positioned carrier. And we, we strongly believe that that premium element in all aspects will also be very important after the crisis, maybe even more so because mm -hmm. the customer will will ask us, you know, how do we actually secure uh, the well-being? How do we actually make sure that he gets safely from A to B, um, not only in the air, but also on the ground? The customer requires um, certain new products like insurances against COVID. And of course, he wants to have also space. That's why a new product we will introduce, we have planned it already before the crisis, but we feel it's the right time to bring it now, will be our new premium economy class, a completely new seat with more space, with new service elements. We will introduce this in the fourth quarter of this year, and we think it's just right in time exactly to hit what the customer also wants to have in the post-COVID world. Okay. All right, let's move on. So with regards to some of the behind-the-scenes conversations you are having with your management team, um, and you talked about it, you mentioned that um, you probably will get back to capacity pre-COVID, 50% um, capacity 
next year. So will there be a, a permanent reduction in fleet as a result of, of this? Or is this a business change that was planned prior to the outbreak, probably because of changing times and needs? Well, first of all, the 50% is for this peak summer. So we will actually ramp up now. We actually double from where we come. We came from just over 20% and we will mm -hmm. go to 50% in the peak summer, July, 55% in August. This is planned for the peak summer when we see lots of bookings coming in right now. Of course, we have a growth plan then for the time thereafter. Uh, essential is that we also announced that in 2023, we want to be at around 85% of the capacity we had in 2019, which means a structural fleet reduction of about five long-haul aircraft going to 26 and about 10 long-haul short-haul aircraft going to 59. This is for 2023, but we will of course need the flexibility to ramp up either up or ramp down, depending on what the situation will be afterwards. So um, there's a great need for flexibility. Most of the destinations we will actually fly also um, with a reduced fleet. All right, okay. Um, talking about changing times and needs and drives, let's move into the sustainability um, space and, and look at the, the activities in the aviation sector. One of the things I found out while I was doing my research for this interview is all about SAF, Sustainable Aviation Fuels. Um, for my listeners, what is the Sustainable Aviation Fuels Programme and how does this impact the aviation business? Well, you hit it right on the spot. It's one of the most crucial programs or, or uh, fuel um, uh, products that we actually will use and the industry will need to use. Um, basically, sustainable aviation fuel is an alternative fuel that is having no carbon footprint or only a very small carbon footprint. Depends if it's uh, coming from fuel stocks, uh, from feedstocks, or if coming from actually new technologies like sun or air to liquid. In fact, you can actually produce fuel just with sun and air with the right mechanism, with the right technology, this is already possible. The topic that, that is still out there is how can we scale it so that the price of it, because right now it's much more expensive than regular mm -hmm. fuel, how can we get it down by scaling it? And that needs massive investment into this technology with the support of the governments. We need massive investments here from all stakeholders and that's a generational task, but it's the way forward and it will help greatly to reduce the carbon footprint. Swiss has committed itself to actually reduce the carbon footprint to zero by the year of 2050 and to 50% by the year of 2030. Uh, SAF will take time, so other measures will also be taken. One important element is, of course, more um, efficient engines, and that's something we have invested already 8 billion Swiss francs into in the last decade. So mm -hmm. these new type of aircraft actually already use about 30% less fuel than regular um, older aircraft types. And another example is the air traffic control. If we would reduce all the circling above the, the airports, we could actually with a much more um, synergized and a much more uni uniform uh, air traffic control system, roughly 10% of all the CO2 consumption done in 2019 when you take those figures. So, but nevertheless, I think um, SAF will be crucial. Um, we are heavily counting on it and uh, we also think that uh, it's also a choice of the customer there. So basically already now, every customer that books on Swiss can already compensate either by compensation programs or by actually buying SAF already. He just has to choose to, to do it. And uh, so that's actually a choice that everybody can do right now and support the environment. Okay, thank you for that. Um, I was gonna ask you about the negative financial impact and with the introduction of this, but you, you, you briefly touched upon that, but um, still staying with sustainability, what are the environmental and sustainable initiatives 
are ongoing or planned in your sector? Well, as I mentioned, I mean, one is the CO2 topic, but it's not only CO2, it's also about waste to mm. basically recycle, reuse or reduce. So basically, we have just introduced um, a new um, um, food concept where actually we have fresh food on board. Um, and here we use, for example, less weight, we use less waste, and we're also mm -hmm. using now new environmental packaging. That's another one. On the ground, uh, all the, our, our, our facilities on the ground, we want to be also CO neutral there. So it's not just uh, in the air, it's not just the fuel, it's actually about the whole value chain where you can do something. And Swiss is very committed to their goal of zero uh, carbon footprint in 2050. Okay, okay. Um, let's, for the next set of questions, look um, in more detail at the, the customer expectation and management side of things. Um, first, what are some of the things that will remain unchanged for the customer? And why is that important for you as an organization? Well, first of all, what I think is unchanged is um, that the customer still has the premium expectation. Value for money, I think, is very important. I think services is very important. Um, uh, during the crisis, we had, of course, to curtail certain services um, in the air, particularly also on the ground. That's something mm -hmm. where we bring back those services, reopen the lounges, bring back the full uh, food concept on board. Um, I think that's very important. Um, I think also important, as we mentioned, uh, new products like the premium economy class where mm -hmm. more space is available at a good value for money. And I think overall, the customer has an even heightened expectation to traveling. Many of the customers have not traveled for maybe a year or two, and they're not sure what, what they can expect. Mm -hmm. So I think giving confidence and care, pre-flight and information, two-way street, conversational commerce are there. Uh, I think it's very important that we are interacting with our customers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there we need to take particularly great care for all those who are coming back right now, particularly this summer, people flying first time with their families. I think that's very important. And, and that's why we have also enlarged not only um, that we have done things on, on the technology side, but also enlarged our, our presence in our call centers. We have more people there um, to take all those questions and uh, hopefully having answers mm -hmm. for most of them. That's good. That's good. You know, in this hospitality series of Heads Talk, this phrase has come up quite a bit, and I'd like you to talk us through this, in particular, your organization's interpretation of this and perhaps what it looks like in action. And I think you've touched upon it with some of the stuff that you've told me. It's that buzz phrase, individualization of service. What does that mean to Swiss Airlines? And what are or will you be doing in this space? And how will we as customers experience this individualization of service? Yeah, I think, first of all, the most important is, is personal care. So when we are in touch with you, with, 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 a, with a person, when it be it uh, in a call center, we'd be it in the air with our uh, cabin crew, mm -hmm. the very personal services. And I think that's something where Swiss stands out. People mm -hmm. are actually having information about the customers. So they have, for example, an iPad on board where they can see most important information, special preferences, mm -hmm. birthdays, um, you know, special uh, traf uh, mm -hmm. nutrition requirements, etc. So here we can already, um, before even the person has entered, check our, you know, the information and, and then personalize the service on board. Mm -hmm. Secondly, um, when we see that people flying to a certain destination several times, we will also personalize the the newsletter offers so you don't get uh, spammed by a lot of offers but <laughs> hopefully get an offer that is actually geared towards your specific travel requirements um, then maybe the person might want to have certain services uh, on top of the travel so uh, is it already the car is it already the hotel so by knowing the, the history of, of the customer if he consents to give those information very important we do expect all the the property and uh, data protection rights 
um, then we are able to do that and we can already uh, make here very personalized offers. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's going to take some time to get back to the levels and capacity pre-COVID. We've established that, especially with the business travel. But before we go into any detail about the business travel, um, what has been done commercially to try and reduce this time frame? And um, some have quoted five years to return to the levels pre-COVID. What has been done in Swiss Airline, for example, or elsewhere that you've seen or aware of that you'd like to share with my listeners? Well, first of all, I think we have to react to the market and uh, we have to react to regulation, travel regulations. And what you clearly can see that as soon as there's any restriction lifted, there is demand. People that want to travel, they're longing for travel. There's a lot of pent up demand, um, be it for business, be it for visiting friends and relatives or for leisure. A lot of people can't wait to get now for the summer vacation. So the demand actually is a function of also the restrictions. And that's, I think, very important in the short term. In the medium term, I think, yes, there will be some replacement probably of some business travel via some Zoom calls, but we all have now experience how fatiguing it is actually to do 12-hour Zoom conferences and we both now having this, this podcast here also only uh, in virtual way. So I think many people need to see each other. There's social capital that is invested. Um, I think that is also very important. So there will be, I think, in the medium term, a comeback for a lot of person-to-person -person meetings. It will be a mix probably. That's why it will not be coming back to 100% mm. right away it will take longer. But I think the prediction of, of YATA, which is the industry federation, is probably right that we will see 100% recovery only probably in 2024. Um, and are you concerned with the business travel? Are you concerned that people pretty much change the way they do things? Well, as I, said, I think a lot of people will probably change their work habits, but there will also be new work habits. Let's say mm -hmm. work travel. So if teams are meeting each other maybe twice a month and they're spread all over Europe now and they can work from where they want, mm -hmm. then they will travel to go to one place. So there will be also new types of travel. It's not just that there's a reduction, but you will also see new forms of travel that are related to new forms of work. So we believe there will be ample opportunities to seize these, these types of, of passenger demand, and we will also gear our office towards that. So it's not just that we sit still and wait the demand to come back, but of course, we're actively also uh, designing offers to, to mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. make it and facilitate these kinds of, of uh, work travel and other forms of travel. Okay, let's end this episode of Heads Talk with some positive thoughts and outlook. You've mentioned them, you've touched upon them. Um, what is, what's the good and optimistic news in the industry that you'd like to share with my listeners? Any new and surprising destinations on the horizon? And what will differ in terms of the customer experience on board each flight that you've not mentioned already? Take us on a journey if you can, Tamir. Well, I think, um, first of all, I think um, what is important is that we again have confidence and hope that things are turning much better. So I think there's a fundamental shift and it's not just a little blip like maybe we have seen last summer simply because the vaccination levels are now penetrating um, the, the different uh, countries. And so I think this is something which is for good. Nevertheless, um, we have to be prepared for other situations. I think it's very important to be flexible there, to mm -hmm. be flexible in your fleet planning, to be flexible in your offering. That's something we learned definitely from the crisis. But um, what is clear is this, crisis showed even more the need to connect to each other and to see each other in person. And I think that is something we want to facilitate. That means for us that we make the optimal service for a person doing this. And it's not just from A to B, but it's actually a journey. It's an experience with all senses. So what he sees, what he smells, what he feels yeah. is important. These are very personal moments when you fly and you 
often remember the person next to you, even if you have not talked to them. So we try with our, with our efforts in our servicing, I think, on board, but also on the ground to make that experience a special one. The little surprise, the little magic moments. If somebody is, is, is crying to say goodbye, give him a tissue. Somebody's his birthday, give him a little present. Small things that, that actually mm -hmm. make a difference um, while the basics have to work, of course. And I think that is also very important. The, 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 the confidence of the customer in an airline like Swiss that we are getting those things right that we have to get right to actually also bring him to the destination he wants to. Right. You know, my, my tickets are booked and I, like thousands of others, are looking forward to traveling via airlines to wonderful destinations. And as I'm based in Switzerland, definitely safely, comfortably and luxuriously via Swiss airlines. Tamir Godazipur, many thanks for your time and insights. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, decision makers, and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.